0: So, Unity has screwed up. I think we should have a discussion. Let's go with that. Party people, how you feeling? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Papa Jug Podcast. I hope all of you have had a wonderful week. If you are listening on Monday, I hope this is the start to a great week and you had a wonderful weekend. Uh, Today, we've got five big topics to talk about. Uh, There are some very cool updates going on in the world of gaming. But I talked about this in the description of the show when we went live. And I was wondering, do we just call this the struggle episode? Because it seems like that's what everybody except one topic. So 80% of our topics in this show are haven't it's a, it's a rough time there. We, the sympathy cards need to get sent. Okay. You you gotta, you gotta tap in. You gotta help somebody out. Cause damn, we, we got a bunch of stuff tonight. Uh, there is going to be, let's see, we've got, uh, we're going to talk about unity. We're going to talk about our flag means death and piracy. We're going to talk about Nintendo direct, the new game pass core from Xbox and DoorDash so this is another one of those episodes where things are what the hell it's that bad oh really okay all right sorry we've got we've got a we've got a friend a person in our community who for whatever reason cannot watch this thing live cannot watch the vods on youtube it's just there's a technological problem yeah okay so Anyways, let's jump uh, right into this stuff. The first thing that we're going to talk about tonight is going to be the one and only DoorDash. Why are we talking about DoorDash? Well, we're talking about DoorDash because another DoorDash delivery driver got busted. Another DoorDash delivery driver apparently forgot how the internet works. Now, this is the irony of the whole situation. See, here's what happens. This person gets a job based on internet technology. This person spends time on the internet. This person forgot how the internet worked. It kind of went, I mean, it it did go viral because the dude lost his job. He was delivering a food order, goes to a nice house, delivers a food order, gets a $5 tip. The guy, as he's walking away, and of course, how the internet works, this guy is on camera, ring cam, you know, little, little doorbell cameras. And he says you know, for a house, this nice $5 tip. And he just starts mouthing off. He, he wasn't grateful for the $5 tip. So of course this is caught on the doorbell camera, gets uploaded to the internet. Guy loses his job. Everybody's like, dude, you suck. He got a $5 tip on a $20 order. Now this guy and his job and this tip are not the important part. And I'm—I I mean, I think he—he he should have lost his job. He—he was way out of line uh, when it comes to insulting a customer. So, yes, there is a sense of entitlement, exactly. Um, and he's not the first one. That, like I said, him and his job and the and the doorbell and all—that is not the point. He had his own flaws, and that's why he lost his job. The important part is kind of what does this mean? What, what is going on with this new concept of personalized delivery? Okay. The, the entire gig industry, the entire gig economy is billions and billions of dollars, but it really is dependent on the single. And I don't mean relationship single, like, but but the, the solo, the one person deliverer, and they are going out and working their butts off because there's actually opportunity in it. That's the interesting thing. DoorDash, for those who don't know on the business side, DoorDash is now kind of the the lead player uh, when it comes to uh, delivery stuff like this. And they have massive growth. It is significant growth. They, I think... God, the last report I saw was about six months ago. I didn't catch the last quarter, but the quarter before that, like their growth rate was like 20%. They made $14 billion. Like it's 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 nonsense how much time and money. And I pulled up, uh, where was that fact? It was, yeah, it was $14 billion. They're growing faster. You know, the one that kind of gets left off is Grubhub. Grubhub, for whatever reason, has not found a way to grow the same way that the others have, but I mean, like they're absolutely crushing that. And then, but it's based on these individual people that are trying to do what is a very difficult job. And I think that that's the part that people forget. Is like, dude, you're delivering food. It's like, yeah, but you've got to get to certain places on time. You've got to bring your own vehicle for that. Compensation can or cannot be great. It's it's a difficult task, and it's such a thing now, but it all, I mean, it's very much subject to what's caught at everybody's home. What's caught when you're when you're on camera at somebody's office. The gig economy is such a big deal right now that there does need to be some more structure to it. There needs to be people that are coming together and bringing levels of professionalism. DoorDash seems to be the one that's doing it. Right now, DoorDash is crushing it. Uh, they're doing a very, very, very good job. Now, the interesting thing about it is also DoorDash recently had some big changes. Just this year alone, DoorDash lost its CEO and its CFO. They brought in brand new ones because the president retired. He was like, Hey, I'm going to step back now. So right. There's cameras everywhere. And there are so many drivers who are caught, um, you know, ruining people's food intentionally. Um, Damaging property, insulting customers, because they think, well, I'm I'm my own boss. Yeah, that's partially true. Partially, but not entirely. Your customer is your boss. Your customer is always your boss. DoorDash is your boss. So there's there's gotta be, you know, requiring some more professionalism. What I think is interesting though. Is and I've learned a little bit more about this because of a member of my Rise Above content creation team. There's a member of Rise Above who does this stuff, and I'm through her. I'm I'm learning like so much more about all of the content that's available for how to succeed, and that stuff is amazing. If you haven't checked it out, fascinating stuff. You are getting some truly, truly ground level. Real, like, engine. I was going to say ingenuity, no, ingenious entrepreneurial advice right there on YouTube. There are thousands and thousands of videos of people telling you this is how you can set up for, you know, more profits, for better runs, uh, better products, food, whatever. All of this kind of content, I'm learning it through Mother Nocturna in Rise Above because she's going through and she's exploring all of this stuff and it is fascinating. I love what she shares because I get to go in and see. All right, I want to see this not from the, not from the corporate side. Like the corporate side is the easy data that I can get. She's looking at it from the delivery side, from the driver side, and it's just it, it's a completely different viewpoint. But it's amazing stuff, and I think that that's an important thing because for a lot of you know content creators or other people that are working maybe gig economy type jobs, you need to find the ones that are going to be reliable. Not flash in the pan, you know, quick, easy money schemes. Go for something that's going to set you up for a potential pathway to reaching a financial goal. And it looks like DoorDash does that pretty well. And again, you get this content on YouTube and and other video sites. It's really, really insightful stuff. And you're hearing it typically, not all the time. There are plenty of scammers who are trying to sell a class or something. Uh, But you are hearing this from people who have done it. They have been successful. They've they've found things that work. They've experienced things that didn't work. It's really really cool, and I just wanted to share that because as I took a look, uh, you know, I, I look at content for the podcast all the way through the week. The moment this show stops recording live on YouTube, I'm immediately you know getting topics for the next week, which is how Unity came into this week's, and we're gonna be talking about Unity. But looking at that content is really, really insightful. If somebody is looking for ways to succeed in the gig economy, I would say if if driving is something that is okay with you, definitely check out something like DoorDash because there is opportunity there to really, really make money. And there's really cool video series too, like not just, you know, this is how you optimize profits and da-da-da. It's also taking a look at people who are making, making the education fun. You've got people that are doing things like uh door dashing to a Tesla, you know, or door dashing to a house. And literally they're they're clocking every single door dash run they do all the way to the point where if they succeed, all the way to the point of buying that goal thing. And I think that's pretty cool because it adds a a little more human uh, human nature to it. It adds some goal orientation to say, look, this is what I'm trying to achieve and you're gonna watch me on my path and learn with me and from me. I think that kind of stuff is cool too. So again, um, DoorDash, another driver gets busted because they forgot how the internet worked. But the bigger insight is what DoorDash can open up for people that are utilizing jobs in the gig economy or considering those jobs. I think that when you take a look at it, there are some key parts you've got to remember in terms of customer service, professionalism, how to treat yourself and how to treat a job, both of those things. But then also, take a look at what content creators are making to teach you how to be better at it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. You don't have to do everything yourself. You don't have to do everything your own way. There are people who have gone before you, and the content that is available to you is pretty damned impressive. I like it as both an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. I have owned more companies than most people will ever work for. Trust me when I tell you, if you can learn from somebody else, do that. DoorDash, it looks like, does a great job through their own economy of their own people. So, cool stuff. Let's move on, folks. We are going on to our flag means death. So, I'm going to play the trailer for you, and then we're going to talk about why this is important. So, hang on one momento while I switch videos. There. 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 Okay here we go so this is the brand new trailer for our flag means death i let him down i should have just told him how i feel i will find him look captain you know blackbeard's gonna murder you what no why would he do that you dumped him i didn't dump him he dumped you no we're on a break like this, game. Kid, like, beard, like this. <laughs> I think I heard him pretty bad. Yeah, I had a very rough night last night. <laughs> it's a new day. No more booze. No more drugs. And more importantly, no more Steed. Hello, Edward. Hi. What? Well, you two know each other? Shipmates. Former. Gentlemen. The end of piracy. Oh. Something's wrong. Feels like a storm's coming. The entire escape relies on this. We've only got one shot. Nope, I can't do it. I've never even seen one of these. I've been a failure my whole life. It's not so bad once you get used to it. You're going through that if I was a regular dude phase. I feel like I've just found my new best friend. Hey, that's Andrew Jones. Oh, you are still alive. I cannot say... I do ask myself that question every day. I love a good pirate's tale. You don't know the first thing about piracy. It's not about glory. It's about belonging to something. Blackbeard, are you poor now? No, I'm just trying something different man okay back to basics anyways all right so there was a line in that trailer towards the end that got me thinking about it and it was i love a good pirate's tale when he said that i started to think about all the other pirate content that is currently in existence and the you know the the big game for for all of us that are gamers the big game that's coming out which is skull and bones you've got our flag means death few years ago you had black sales you've got sea of thieves that's been running now for five years you've got skull and bones coming out i would love to know from you guys what i'm sorry we're still stuck on the hbo max advertising screen we can kill that now um you know the real question is is piracy themed stuff growing in popularity or fading in popularity I'm curious. It feels to me, it feels like it's fading. I think our flag means death is not a huge, it's popular. It's fine, but not a huge success. You know, it's not, not, not great. Um, but whatever. Um, so there's that. Sea of thieves is kind of fade. It has, it's certainly not really growing any, any, any big numbers. Uh, like I said, Skull and Bones is a disaster. Our flag means death, whatever. Black sales is gone. Is piracy stuff going away? Is that no longer going to be the thing? And I'm wondering if the TV show Our Flag Means Death, if this HBO Max show, is this going to be kind of like one of the last sort of cannon shots that says, oh, we're trying it. And, you know, maybe it still doesn't grab on. I don't know. I. Okay, so interesting comment right there. Um, pirates are way old. It's time for space. <laughs> I think we have some some Starfield and star citizen people. Um, neither. I think it has fans, but it also isn't growing really. So, okay, so maybe it's a neutral. i I, I really hadn't thought about that because typically things either grow or die. Um, rarely do anything any pop culturey things rest in neutral at at some point they have to either keep going or not because they're all run by corporations. Real piracy can do that. Uh, but for the most part entertainment, it's got to turn a profit. Otherwise it's a charity case. And that's strangely enough. That's not what entertainment companies are built for. They're not real good at the charity stuff there, which we're going to talk about that when we talk about unity too, but I don't know. I'm just wondering, I think the piracy thing in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'm missing some, some cultural indicators. I don't know, but I will say, I think the piracy stuff is on a slow road out. I think you probably have two to five years of more piracy stuff. And then I think those stories are going to go away simply because let's be fair. They've been done really, really well. Oh, by the way, also for piracy, you had the, uh, uh, you had that new Disney Plus show. Um, was it uh Wendy and Peter, Wendy and Peter, Peter Pan and Wendy? It was whatever. It was that. Okay, great. There's there's piracy in it, but it wasn't as huge as I don't think they wanted it to be. Um, so another piracy thing that just kind of did, and everybody's like, oh, that's pretty, and then it didn't really do much else. Like, it's not. None of these things are launching franchises. You know what I mean? Like, there's no legacy IP ignoring the, you know, 80 years of Peter Pan. Like there's no legacy IP for any of this stuff. It's kind of just doing, and then it stops. Black Sails stopped. There was no sequel. There was no spinoff. Black Sails ended. Our flag means death took forever to produce the second season, but that's fine. Um, You know, exclamation COVID. So all those kinds of things. Oh no. Okay. Now see, that's a good point. So the comment in chats, honestly, I think with rumors of Johnny Depp returning to a certain franchise, it will grow in popularity once again, possible, but I don't think he's going to save piracy as a concept. I don't think he's going to save, or even that, that whole franchise, even the whole pirates uh, of the Caribbean franchise. I don't think that's going to save additional content. And it might also be, I expect fully, it will be the last Pirates movie. It'll be the last Pirates of the Caribbean we see. I don't know what else they would do with it. And I believe he said that even if he did return, that will be the end for him. So great. Now, is is it going to be kind of like, what was that Pirates of the Caribbean 3 where they had to get the new cast? Because the old cast was like, yeah, we've kind of done the stories or, or maybe it was four. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of, I'm thinking that the piracy stuff is going to be fading away. Uh, like I said, Ubisoft with the, um, skull and bones game has not helped the situation. Uh, Rares community is in shambles right now. It's kind of a disaster. People are not really latching onto the content anymore. Pretty much all of their partnered content creators are playing other games. Some of them even switching to other games as mains. Uh, so th- there's whole, there's whole problems there, but, I saw the, the, the trailer for our flag means death looked interesting, but I don't think it's going to perpetuate the piracy as a, as an entertainment concept any further. This might even be its last season, but for some reason, the Taika wait, tyke Taik- go oh, good God, Taika Waititi, uh, his concepts, they, they have odd places. Like they sit in these niche kind of like, um, Rocky horror. Like it has called followings for stuff because his, his sense of humor is so bizarre. So this might sit and do what it does, but it's certainly, I don't think gonna be a huge help to piracy as a form of entertainment. Um, which is weird, but hopefully season two looks great. Uh, great actors, of course, always fun stuff. Uh, like I said, I saw Leslie Jones in that one, which was cool. She's always funny. So we'll see, you know, uh, it, it could be are we looking more towards space again? are we looking you know with with the uh, like you know spacex and and NASA's big rockets that are they're that coming up, the sRS systems and all that you know maybe we're gonna be turning up again instead of looking at the stuff on the planet um avatar i I don't think avatar 2 did much to to you know like re reinvigorate water based entertainment um certainly a success, but uh, I don't think it's going to do much there. So maybe it is. Maybe it's time for space again. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's rocks. Maybe we're just going to do things that are rock-based. That's that's it. We're do- we're doing things that are rock-based. It has nothing to do with space. It has nothing to do with water. It's just rocks. That's our new form of entertainment. Pet rocks are making a comeback, folks. Get your stock now. Pet rocks, okay? Get your googly eyes and go into the garden and start selling shit on eBay and Etsy, Okay. That's that's all we're doing, okay? Let's move on, because we've already solved the problems of the world now. It's Pet Rocks all over again. Next topic tonight is the Xbox Game... Sorry, Xbox Game Pass Core. So much crap. I saw a great article on Kotaku about this, and I had I had so much fun reading this, because it really was like they were... As I read it, it looked like they were trying to save it. It looked like they were trying to apologize for it. So I want to share this with you. Uh, it was a in- interesting take. No, no, no. Wrong one. There we go. Uh, let me go back to the browser here. So this is the successor. So for those of you who don't know, Xbox Game Pass Core is the successor to uh, Xbox Live Gold. Okay. Live Gold is gone. This is the new thing. Whatever. Whatever. 18 years, I'm going to quote from the article, 18 years of Microsoft's Xbox Live Gold comes to an end tomorrow, September 14th, which was technically, according to this recording time, yesterday, when it will be taken out behind the company's Redmond, Washington headquarters and shot dead. An anachronistic hangover of the pre-Game Pass era, Gold and its games with Gold monthly downloads have recently been limping into obscurity, and at this point, it's a kindness to let it go. In its place will arrive the bouncing newborn puppy, Game Pass Core, Okay. So here's the crap. I'm, I don't understand where the role for this thing is. I just, I just don't get, like, I don't understand why somebody would opt into this. And one of the last lines of this article is why. So there's a list of, I think it's 36 games total, right? Is it 36, 30, something like that. Let's say 36. Uh the catch is games will only be added to core 2 to 3 times a year rather than gold system. Uh sorry, will be added to core 2 to 3 times a year rather than gold system of offering two different games each month. However, as we mentioned, it's a fine list of games. Now, it is. It's not a bad list of games that they're launching with. Among us, Astroneer, Celeste, Dead Cells. Uh I'm going to skip ahead to some interesting ones. Fable and Fallout 4, Fallout 76, uh Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5. Uh, Grounded, Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, uh, Limbo, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. By the way, beautiful game. If you guys have never played Ori, beautiful. Love that. Uh, Overcooked, Payday 2, Slay the Spire, Stardew Valley, State of Decay 2, Elder Scrolls Online, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredders Revenge, Unpacking, and Vampire Survivors. Okay, cool. There's other... I skipped some of the titles. Um, But anyways... For the most part, gamers have these, that's fine. But I I love this. Think of Core as the version of Game Pass you get your aunt when you buy her her first console. It's a taster menu of the possibilities of gaming. Heck, just Power Wash Simulator and Fallout 4 would keep most people evenings busy for the first year. No, most people would burn through those in the first year, but that's really not the point. Meanwhile, it still sucks beyond comprehension that consoles are still somehow charging monthly titles for online access over at PC land. It's all free. I just like, this is the thing. Like Xbox is trying to keep some version of a game distribution. I just, whatever. Xbox game pass core is out now. It's, it's now been out for 24 hours. Uh, who cares? Does anybody get, what am I missing? Tell me, this is uh, educate old man jug. What the hell am I missing? There seems to be no point to this service existing. That's my problem. We, we're just at a point of, it's like, okay, we have to have a thing with a pass. So let's make a subscription model and let's put out Xbox game pass core. Super entry level. I'm really curious what the stats on this are going to be. I don't see a reason for it. PC is definitely better though. Lower price point. It is yes, it is a lower price point. But it's at such a lower price point compared to just getting Game Pass that if you're trying to save that much money, if you're trying to save that those few amount of dollars, maybe gaming isn't where your money should be going. I'm I'm saying, I'm not judging anybody, I'm simply saying if you're trying to save those few dollars, just let the games go play, play Contra, you know, go back to the nineties, have a good time, play games you already own. I just, it's insane. Get a PC. (laughs) Everybody, everybody in chat is just like, get a PC, 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 PC. No, no consoles are great guys. And, and again, that's part of this podcast is that this is not the PC glorification hour. This is consoles, PCs. It doesn't matter where you game, how you game, what you game. It's just, we're all here to game. I'm just, and and Game Pass is great. Xbox is great. I have an Xbox. I'm simply saying I don't see the point for this product. I see a point for an Xbox. I see a point for a PlayStation. I see a point for a Switch. I see a point for these things. I don't see a point for Core. That's what I'm lost on. So with that, let's just move on. Because I'm never, I'm probably never going to see one, but whatever. <laughs> nope, it's PC or death. <laughs> Do you guys ever see, uh, there's a, a really great, uh, sketch for, not a sketch, but it's a segment from, um, uh, Eddie Izzard, <laughs> his, his cake or death. I encourage you to watch that. If you haven't seen Eddie Azard's cake or death routine, damn, it's funny. It's just entertainment. Just watch it. Uh, let's move on to Nintendo direct Nintendo direct. It was a couple of days ago. Now, uh, I think we're a couple days past. Yeah. So Nintendo direct, uh, they, they released their things, their news. So let's go through this list. Uh, the big announcements, there were some Nintendo direct has always been the, the less flashy of the three, you know, Xbox and, and PlayStation do a great job with theirs. Um, Nintendo's like, Ooh, us too, us too. But you know, Nintendo's got its own vibe. Uh, paper Mario, the thousand year door. Uh the HD announcement came out. Mario versus Donkey Kong remake is coming to the Switch on February 16th of 2024. Not bad. F099 announced, which is available oh today. That's cool. All right. If you are a member of Switch Online, you now have access to F099. Fancy. Uh Princess Peach Showtime will be coming out in March of 2024. Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 have been remastered and will be launched. Now, that's interesting. See, that's a remaster of three games that a studio tackled. Dear Rockstar, if you're wondering what you could do that might bring in additional dollars before GTA launches, a remaster would have been it. A remaster of Red Dead 1 would have been perfect. No, you didn't do that. But look, other studios do it, and it gets headlines. Cool. Anyways, I'm, I'm bitter. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 HD is coming out next summer. Keep, in mind, keep an eye open for that one. Oh, I know a lot of you guys love Splatoon. Uh, Splatoon 3's side order gets new gameplay trailer and a spring 2024 release window. It'll be coming out sometime with the flowers. If there's flowers coming out in the northern hemisphere, that's when the game will be released. Congratulations. Yeah, see, look, F099, is it right? No more pointy bits? No, there'll still be pointy bits, just less of them. Uh, I don't know. Does she have triangle boobs? Let's see. No. They don't look triangular-ish. I'm not going to push play. Anyways. So, Splatoon 3 coming out in the spring. What else do we have here? Uh, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. That will be coming out summer. No, sorry. Nope, January. Sorry, January 18. Okay. Uh, It's coming out from Ubisoft Montpellier. uh, So that's very nice. Super Mario RPG remake gets a new trailer. Nobody cares. We just need real things. Now, this is the one I know the world has been waiting for simply because the piracy games are dying. Space games are having a rough go of it. Everybody's waiting for Trombone Champ. There it is. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch. Now we can all rest easier. Trombone Champ is coming out. Uh, let's see. It was exclusively a PC title. And now it is coming out to the Switch. Yay! Uh, let's see. Dave the Diver. Oh, this is for uh, this is for our buddy uh, Captain Mor- Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan is another Rise Above member, and Captain Morgan was really enjoying Dave the Diver. He was playing that one recently. So congratulations, it's now coming out on the Switch next month, so look for that in October. Uh, Oh, look, uh, October 26th, perfect. A year shy of its original release date. Uh, Let's see, first look at Wave 6 of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's Booster Course Pass. Joy. Detective Pikachu Returns. Uh, Got a new trailer and is coming out October 6th. Amiibo updates for Tears of the Kingdom, Smash Ultimate, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So those are going to be coming out, but do we have a date? Yes, uh, January 19. No, sorry, November 3rd for Tears of the Kingdom and Ganondorf amiibos will release on November 3rd. Noah and Mui and Mi- Mi- Mio, fuck it, Mio, whatever. Uh, from Xenoblade Chronicles 3, they'll get their own on January 19th. So stay uh, watching for those because those died. I'm mm, those might get pushed back. I don't know why. I'm predicting those get pushed back. Horizon Chase 2 uh, is now live on the Nintendo Switch. Another Code Recollection is going to be coming out. Do we have a date? Yes, January 19th of 2024. Good for that one. Saga Emerald Beyond will be coming out next year. No official date, though. Unicorn Overlord. Perfect. My favorite game. Unicorn Overlord, um, coming out. Also, no date for that one, but it will certainly be next year. It's not coming out by the, for the holidays. Ayudan Chronicle, 100 Heroes, April 2024. WarioWare, Move It. So, coming out in November. I think we knew that date already. Nintendo Gallery Museum, still on track to be completed by March. And that's it. So, lots of titles, but of course, everything revolves around the world of Mario. So, tis what it is. <laughs> the real Chappy TV says totally streaming trombone champ. I think we should. I think we should all collab on that one. It's a PC and a Switch title now. We should do a huge collab and all stream trombone champ. <laughs> we could have fun with that. I like it. Let's do that one more often. That'll be our that'll be our Saturday morning streams is trombone champ. Uh, so anyway, so that was Nintendo direct. Uh, we'll expect more updates later on, probably at the end of the year, I would imagine. Uh, but definitely it looks like the first part of 2024, especially the spring season, uh, has got more stuff coming to it. And now for our final topic of the night, Unity. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news, but remember when I told you that as soon as this show stops recording, I start looking for the next topics. I keep track of what's going on in the gaming world and the content creator world and, and streamers and internet trends. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching this stuff. Man, did unity screw up. Wow. This is, I mean, this is epic level, total disaster. Bad. Unity for those of you who don't know what Unity is. Unity is a game development engine and it is the it is the backbone of tens of thousands of games. Just so many things are put on the Unity platform because fairly easy to use, very very capable. It, it's a it's a really really well-built engine. Here's the problem. One of Unity's primary revenue sources is delivering ads for mobile games. It does a lot of it, like huge amounts of the internet are powered by Unity's engine because it does a lot of mobile game advertising. Now, okay, you have companies like Apple that are putting in restriction after restriction after restriction to get access into their environment and privacy layer on top of privacy layer on top of privacy layer to make sure that their customers, their their product owners are not being tracked if they don't want to be. That makes it very difficult to deliver ads. My industry, the world of marketing, we've been dealing with this for a long time with Apple. Apple's been doing this for years, but also Google is getting on board. All of the manufacturers are are hitching a ride. All the social media platforms are getting on board and governments are getting on board. Governments are putting in new legislation after new legislation after new legislation saying that our citizens should not have to be tracked if they don't want to be. Now, if somebody opts into it and you guys guys set these features up all the time, you do these in your settings when you... um, You know, uh, YouTube has a thing now where you can turn off your watch history, which, by the way, is a blast because when you turn on YouTube's homepage, you get nothing. If you're on your mobile device and you've turned off your watch history, your YouTube homepage is blank. Oh, fuck. That's so annoying. You're like, wait a minute. Where's you're not showing me anything? It's like, nope. You said we can't track you, so we don't know what you want to watch. So push a button, jackass, and you have to. So anyways, so that's what Unity's like primary revenue source was, okay? Unity does a lot for mobile games. Mobile games track the hell out of you, even if you don't play them. They want to know that you're a gamer, so they can show you their ads and be like, "Play us, play us." So that was a big primary revenue source for Unity. It's going away. It's just not producing as much revenue in it as it as they needed to. But also, they know that it's going to get harder and harder to deliver that. They have to diversify. So what Unity decided to do was they created a new fee structure that they've never had before. The Unity platform itself was free. A dev could just go on and there was no residuals. There was no license. Like, it was just great. You're using the Unity engine. Off you go. Cool. They're changing that. Effective January of 2024, their institute... Here's the announcement, Here's the, where the announcement went wrong. They said, beginning in January of 2024, we are going to charge $0.20 cents per download. If you use our system to publish software, 20 cents is going to be sent to us every time somebody downloads one of your products. Ouch. That hurts. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but some games cost 50 cents. Some games cost a dollar. Like You're, you're literally saying we're, we're going from zero to 20% of your revenue, not your profits, your revenue. We're taking 20% of every dollar you make off the top. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. That didn't go over well. The developer community exploded. Like th- there were nuclear bombs going off and everybody's like is that North Korea? No, it's Unity devs. It was so bad. There were studios who flat out said we will be closing our doors December 31st because we can't pay and we can't keep publishing our li- our, our game for 20 cents a copy. We can't do it. So, we're closing our doors. We're done. I'm going to there is there is a follow-up statement from Unity and I will read it in a minute. But I want to explain another mistake that some studios did. A some studios went hostile and that's probably not the best thing to do when you're reacting to bad news. Some studios just went nuclear and they were just yelling and screaming and ranting and raving online about how terrible this was. Okay. Kinetic games. Anybody know kinetic games? They make phasmophobia. That's the title. I was, that's how I got introduced to kinetic, but whatever. So here's what happened. Phasmophobia published a statement on unity's pricing changes the game Phasmophobia is built on the Unity engine. Here's what they said. Quote, we wish to address, and I want you to, as you listen to this, I want to see if you catch what everybody caught as they read this. It just became sort of a, okay. Listen, we wish to address the recent changes to Unity's new pricing model, which will now require developers to pay per initial install. That's important. Listen to that part per initial install. This decision has huge implications for us and many others in the industry, and we felt it essential to share our perspective. Game development is a long, intricate process that has careful financial and strategic planning. For games like Phasmophobia, which is already released, as well as those currently under development, our business models were designed around Unity's previously established royalty-free terms. This sudden shift significantly changes and threatens the entire Unity developer community. Pause. All true. From a business perspective as a game studio, everything they just said is 100% true. When you are planning these games, it's not the game you're planning first. It's the... How will we make money off of this? What are the costs going to be? How much do we have to invest in development? How much do we have to invest in marketing? How much do we have to invest in maintenance? Blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff has to be part of your forecasts. So everything they've said is why this scared so many uh, developing studios, okay? Continuing. When Phasmophobia launched in September of 2020, its immediate success was a complete surprise. Given our tight budget at the time, Had Unity's new pricing model been in effect, we simply wouldn't have been able to pay, especially considering Steam's payment structure, which which disperses funds to developers at the end of the following month. So from this, I'm going to pause for a second. From the studio's uh, financial perspective, they would have to pay Unity before they got paid. That's hard to do. It's literally last in first out. It, it's not a good way for a studio to be managing finances and Unity forced them to do this. That's what would happen in January of 2024. The studio would have to pay Unity before it received the money from the customers. Yikes. I'll continue now. that. Uh, Unity's long-standing reputation as a royalty-free, indie-friendly game engine was one of the core reasons we, and countless other developers, chose it over other games. This decision raises huge concerns about the future direction of the engine. We've been using Unity since the days of Unity 4.0. Since then, there was a level of trust between developers and Unity. This This abrupt shift not only breaks that trust, but also creates huge uncertainty. There is currently nothing stopping Unity from imposing further changes in the near future. This uncertainty introduces a significant financial risk and unpredictability for all Unity developers. Our primary commitment remains to our community who have supported us throughout. We will continue to bring you the game we set out to make, irrespective of the new challenges we face. The Kinetic Games team. Okay, here's what's missing. What are you going to do? This whole thing, this, I mean, basically this entire statement from kinetic was we hate it, but we're not going to do anything about it. We're still going to publish our game. We're still going to lose money. Now sucks. A lot of studios, you know, they had decisions. They said that we're going to speak with our partners at unity. Uh, We're going to try to get the industry involved, blah, 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 blah. Kinetic's like, yeah, they're taking our money. Okay. Thanks for reading our statement by lame. Like not, not great. Okay. Now, like I said, pretty much every studio came out with some sort of a statement. They're all up in arms about this. No studio was happy. It's not like there was a good side and a bad side. It's not like there were pros and cons to this. It's all cons. Let's be very, very clear about this. It is all cons. It's bad for the industry. It's good for Unity until people can't pay it. So it's not even really good for Unity. Anyways, yesterday, Unity put out a follow-up statement because their PR department probably said either you put out a statement or we quit. Here Now, they tried to clarify some things. This isn't clarification. This has to be an edit. This has to be, we heard how badly we screwed up, and we are changing the plan. That is the only explanation that I can figure out for what this goes on to explain, because this is not in the original. It's not even implied in the original. Listen to this. This is from Unity, and it was published. What day was this published? September 13th at 2.49 p.m. Pacific Time. We want to acknowledge the confusion and frustration we heard after we announced our new runtime fee policy we'd like to clarify some of your top questions and concerns first who is impacted by this price increase pause this is the first piece of bullshit that had to get edited because there is no way that this is the way it was intended to work i'll continue now the price increase is very targeted in fact More than 90% of our customers will not be affected by this change. Okay. Customers who will be impacted are generally those who have found a substantial scale in downloads and revenue and have reached both our install and revenue thresholds. So what they're saying is this won't apply to you until you hit X number of uh, downloads and X dollar amount of revenue. So that's cool. They've now put basically a seal or a floor that says, you know, you must be this high to ride this ride. Okay. That wasn't in your original statement. Uh, By the way, there is, it's not in this exact statement, but uh, there is some clarification. Uh, It looks like the number is 200,000 downloads or $200,000 in revenue. That's unconfirmed though. Unity, 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 unity. And it's not a banned word. This isn't a gaming stream. Okay. Um, so, uh, this means a low or no fee for creators who have not found scale success yet and a modest one-time fee for those who have fee on new installs only. Once you meet the two install and revenue thresholds, you only pay the runtime fee on new installs after January 1st, 2024. That at least eliminates the retroactive thing. I'll continue. It's not perpetual. You only pay once for an install, not an ongoing perpetual license royalty like a revenue share model. So let's say Jug downloads a game that was built on Unity on January 2nd of 2024. Whatever studio I downloaded that from, they owe Unity 20 cents. If I delete the game at the end of the month, I'm like, eh, whatever, I played it, it's boring. Or I played it, I finished it, great, it's finished. I uninstall. If I then reinstall the game at any point in the future, according to unity studio does not owe the 20 cents. They're only doing it on the initial install. Now, remember when I said I read that statement from phasmophobia quote, we wish to address the recent changes to unity's new pricing model, which will now require developers to pay per initial install. That was understood at the beginning. Everybody understood it was initial install. But when people were promoting or when people were attacking it online, they were saying every install, and that was never the case. So, this does remind everybody that no, 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 we said initial the first time. We're saying initial again. It's still only from the first download. Okay. Or, sorry, first install. Okay. Let's go from there. Uh, It's not perpetual. You only pay once, not an ongoing perpetual license royalty like a revenue share model. Next, how we define and count installs. Assuming the install and revenue thresholds are met. We will only count. New, sorry, we will only count net new installs on any device starting January first, twenty twenty four. Additionally, developers are not responsible for paying a runtime fee on. And then it lists, reinstall charges, no fee. Fraudulent install charges. We are not going to charge a fee for fraudulent installs. We will work directly with you on cases where fraud or botnets are suspected of malicious intent. Trials partial play demos and automation installs devops those charges will not incur the 20 cent fee okay web and streaming games we are not going to count web and streaming games toward your install count either so if it's purely online and you don't have to install it you don't pay the 20 cents and then finally this was a good clarification because there were a lot of concerns about this charity related installs. The pricing change and install count will not be applied to your charity bundles or initiatives. The biggest problem. Thank you, Unity. Wonderful clarification. Not. Some important things were covered there. Here's the problem with, and how this escaped everybody. I don't understand how Unity continued with this. The whole problem with unity's ability to continue generating revenue Look, I keep saying unity with unity's ability to keep generating revenue was because of privacy, uh, privacy restrictions. You can't track everybody. How are they going to track the installs? Hmm. I do. You're doing this because you can't keep tracking people. So if you're going to attract, if you're going to track them one time, great. We see PapaJug at gmail.com. We see that downloaded a game. Great. How are you going to keep tracking me? If I uninstall and reinstall, you're not going to know. Hello? There's nobody else. Like, Did Unity not figure that out? The government says you can't track. Where's the... You're going to... People, I promise you, studios are going to be paying this 20 cents repeatedly for the same customer if they download and reinstall and uninstall and reinstall and uninstall and reinstall and un. They're going to be paying that 20 cents every time. There's no way you can get the tracking that accurate. Google can't track that accurately. Google has tracking on everything. Google can't track that accurately. The FBI can't track that accurately. But Unity will do it. I just. Oh, man. This doesn't address the whole reason the thing got built. This, this runtime fee got built because you can't track people anymore. And now you're saying it relies on the fact that you're going to track people. What? <laughs> Somebody lost their mind. Anyways, Unity is desperate. I genuinely believe that to be the case. I have no internal data to support this, but I genuinely believe Unity is desperate for finding new revenue models. Uh, this is what they've gone with conceptually interesting in execution bad. It didn't work. So just be very, very cautious everybody. And I, and again, I think this speaks to, when we've talked about this on previous episodes, the gaming industry is going through massive changes right now. We've talked about layoffs at studios. We've talked about failed titles at studios, the mergers and acquisitions that are changing the landscape dramatically. When you've got, you know, companies like Microsoft spending $67 billion to buy Activision, Blizzard King, all of these things. And it's just like the gaming industry is in a tough, tough place right now. And you're going to have more desperate acts. You're going to have more, you know, when the CEO of rockstar says we will never do a simple port. And then literally they go and do a simple port of, of red dead one. That's desperation. That's the, we're never going to do that. We're way too clever for that. And then they go do it. Why? Because they had to, they had to do something. They're like, Hey, let's do this. Let's put it on a new platform. Woo-hoo. So anyways, um, comment in chat says the only way that is going to work is if they rely on the distribution company, Amazon, Google, play, steam, et cetera, to track. I wonder how those companies feel about sharing data. They do share data. Um, how, oh man, that, that's a whole, that's a really good topic. The problem is they can't track that well either. They can track user accounts but they can't track installs that effectively because it's, it's cookie based or whatever. There's a whole series of metrics that are, that are going to be a problem there. But again, overall, this is a bigger issue because this is going to be something that just speaks to more and more challenge, more and more difficulty within gaming gamers, content creators, um, the, the whole side of like generating revenue for the content creators in the gaming space, Uh, And then the studios themselves, they're facing new headwinds. And we also have an economy that's slowing down. Not getting into the politics of that. I'm simply saying when you've got tens of thousands of people getting laid off, eventually this is going to catch up with the economy and inflation, inflation isn't going anywhere either. So there's issues, folks. There's issues. Anyways, so... That is what's going on with Unity. The studios are minorly, I say minorly. If you watch what a lot of studios have put out, like, um, who was it? Cult of the Lamb. Yeah, when Unity first announced this whole revenue thing, or the uh, um, uh, the fee, Cult of the Lamb put out a statement that said, we are discontinuing our game December 31st. Like cult of the lamb did that. And that was one of the, the funner titles that people were enjoying called the lambs. Like we can't, Nope, sorry. We're killing the game. We are done. December 31st. Like that's how big this was. Phasmophobia, like everybody was publishing shit. And it's just, that's, you're going to find more of these things because people are getting desperate for where will our next revenue source come from. So keep an eye out for it. Be understanding. Let's all be compassionate with each other. We're all having fun. We're here to have a good time. We're creating beautiful things. take a deep breath before you react to stuff. That's the best advice I can give you. When you're reacting to bad news, take that deep calming breath. Think about what it actually means for you and then move forward productively. That's exactly what you should do now. Move forward productively because this week's episode of the Papa Jug Podcast is over have yourself a good morning, a good day, a good night, whatever it is for you. I will see you next Friday. See you.